The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board of the Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the, would you tell it to my face and, or have I been erased of gaming podcasts? We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who's never erased to me, Josh, how are you doing on this very warm evening? I am doing good. I just noticed my son got out of bed, so we might have a visitor in a second. <laughs> well, you know, with how hot it is, who can who can blame him, right? Like I can I wouldn't want to sleep right now. But hey, you know, now we get to be sit in nice cool rooms and do a podcast, right? No, no, this is not a cool room. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I, I hear you there. The, hear fan, you there. the fan isn't even on cuz it makes too much noise when we record. <laughs> Well, I appreciate your commitment and dedication. That that is that is great. Oh, so. you're welcome. <laughs> but hey, uh, so our song intro this week. Yes. Did you have to look it up, or did you know it? Oh no, I this is deep in PSVG lore, so I'm very aware of <laughs> who this is. <laughs> yeah. So, dear listener, for those who don't know, uh, myself and Coach Mo um, are huge Michelle Branch fans. So <laughs> Michelle Branch is, you know, every once in a while makes significant. And important, I guess I would say, um, appearances in our Discord. For every once in a while, we'll we'll have these very deep discussions about how great Michelle Branch's music is. So, you know, it actually worked out really well because I was starting to think, you know, I, I felt like I was getting kind of painted as one note with the music I was sharing for the most part. <laughs> so I was like, well, this is nice. At least it changed it up a little bit. Yeah. You know, still, obviously, mostly late 90s, early 1000s. However, her latest album, which came out a couple of years ago, which is very different than her quote-unquote popular work is very very good i really enjoy her newest album and actually she was in the studio recently so she should have another album coming out in not all that long but yeah big fan of michelle branch old stuff new stuff not a huge fan of the records because i'm not super into country music yeah um so that little side project wasn't necessarily as, as much my jam but overall i really enjoy her music so so yeah josh you know it's kind of weird as we get close to e3 here um, when I was putting the show together, I, I was really struggling with what to talk about this yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. Because there's so many things, but there's also so much of it is like unknown or rumor or speculation, or it, it just makes it really hard to think about like what topics do I actually want to talk about? Excuse me, as we like jump into you know a 90 minute podcast about games, yeah, and we don't have time to talk about everything. Uh, it, it definitely makes it tough when trying to put all of this together. That's for sure. Yeah, I hear you on that. There's a lot. Well, I mean, I don't know. I I wouldn't say I struggled for topics, but there's definitely uh, what we don't we don't typically talk about a lot of speculation, and I think that there's a lot of that going on right now, as far as like there, the rumor it, mill. Yeah, there is a lot of speculation. Um, 
Though it is, I will say, Josh, a little disappointing that we are probably the second most exciting thing happening tonight. Because you know what else is happening this evening? Is that fight tonight or is it yeah, tomorrow? Yeah, Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul. Yeah. That boxing match is going on tonight, Josh. I bet you you're at the edge of your seat. I'm sure you have that pay-per-view ordered, correct? As much as I would love to see that guy get punched in the face a bunch, <laughs> I'm not paying to see it. I'll just hear about it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I hmm, just, yeah. <laughs> what, what surprises me most, okay, they, and I was reading because since I follow so much MMA, they when there's really big boxing matches, they kind of blur the lines and they'll talk about boxing a little bit. So I don't quite, I'm not as in-depth of my knowledge about like the sweet signs and like who all of the really good and really n- named fighters are in boxing. I watch a little bit of boxing, but very, very, very little. But the rules for this, since it is just an exhibition, are just baffling to me because knockouts are allowed but if for some reason they don't not nobody is knocked out like no winner will be announced <laughs> so there's like no scoring no win. so it's but they're like you can bet on who's going to quote unquote win right but how do you bet on that when no winner is going to be announced yeah it's pretty i mean i don't like anything uh I don't like what the Paul brothers are doing to boxing as a sport. Mm. And this definitely doesn't help with this. And even the ad promos are like, there's nothing on the line but their reputation. And I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> what is happening? You mean the millions of dollars isn't on the line? <laughs> no, they get well, paid yeah. it anyways. <laughs> yeah, they're going to get paid it no matter what. But yeah, <laughs> is that really what the promos say? There's nothing Something, on the line it's but like paraphrasing it, But yeah. But still, that's that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Paul brothers have brought more attention to boxing than boxing in itself has had, I think, in, in quite some time. But good press isn't always good press. I know hey, that they, they say, say I say I know they say any press is good press, but that is not yeah. true. <laughs> yeah, I I would guess though it will increase the number of people who are interested in pursuing boxing or want to check out, go to a boxing gym and and check it out. I bet that having the Paul brothers do this will result in that happening. Maybe. But what is their idea of boxing? Well, I mean, is, okay, this is where... It's like, Jake, no punching in Jake the face, Paul? no knockouts, no, no punching bo- like below Jake, the breast. Jake Paul, I think, is the other brother. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, Jake I don't Paul and Logan no. Paul. He actually isn't a horrible boxer. Like, he's really not... Like, Logan is way worse than Jake is. Yeah. Jake isn't that bad of a boxer, especially for... Uh, he seems to be taking his training really seriously. I think if he obviously did it, like, long-term, it seems like he's pretty committed to it. I feel like, you know, especially with more more time under his belt, he seems like he's very, very capable. Um, the whole fight against Ben Askren was like <laughs> the dumbest fight. It was just so ridiculous because they're like, hey, watch this boxer like fight this MMA fighter. Well, yeah, you're fighting a guy who in MMA, his striking was considered to be about the worst in his, in his <laughs> division. Um, the guy was a wrestler. He never knocked anyone out. His boxing was pathetic at best. Like, it was not good. His boxing was never good. And he's, like, 38. He's had to retire from MMA because he has he had a hip replacement. Like, <laughs> this is the guy you're fighting. It's like, yeah, I beat him. Like, of course you beat him. Like, come on. Uh, it was so ridiculous. I don't know. But anyway, Floyd Mayweather, though, versus Logan Paul. That's obviously, we all know Floyd Mayweather's boxing credentials. And, mm. you know, that's, that's a legit fight. I... I I can't imagine it's going to go well for Logan Paul, but who knows? Maybe they're just going to put on a show for all the peeps. Yeah, I think I'm more worried that Logan Paul will do well. That's probably what I'm most worried about. 
why would you even be worried about that? Because it's not good for boxing if Logan Paul just comes in and beats Mayweather. He's not going, no, that's not going to happen. I know, but that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know. The only thing I will say, Logan Paul is way bigger than Floyd Mayweather. It's like, I mean, 30 oh, he's pounds huge. He's yeah. huge. He's huge in comparison. So, but Floyd Mayweather, his defense is exceptional. He is so fast. You know, I, I'm not super, super worried about it. But, you know, he is so much bigger that if for some reason he happens to get lucky, like, you know, the quote-unquote puncher's chance, like, we'll see what happens there. But, hey, you know, we could be watching that, but instead we're recording this podcast. So let's get into it. Thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We're a proud part of play some video games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We are thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far, and if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. But the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share our show with someone who you think would enjoy it. With that being said, I do want to give a quick shout-out, though, to our live on-air producers, which include Michael Masick, Barry Cathcart, Edwin Callow, Stephen Keller, Nick Creature, Rude Days 93, Ben Moxham, Robbie Emanuel, Nick Fallhaber, Paul Calico, Grouchy Sergey, Devin Tyus, Josh Borboni, RJ Kern, Zachary Adams, obviously our newest addition, Joseph Wilson, and it goes without saying, Horse Girl 69. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. So with that all being said, Josh, E3's right around the corner, so I'm sure you're just going to hit us with a ton of video game topics, right? You better believe it. Should I just, I'll start, ready? Let's next, <laughs> the next Ticket to Rad game is probably something you didn't expect. But no, it's not a video game, sorry. Uh, this uh, uh, is from Dicebreaker.com. Uh, the next Ticket to Rad game is a cute 3D puzzle about switching tracks. Uh, it's actually, uh, looks pretty cool. It's, it's small. Uh, it almost reminds me of a cribbage board. Obviously it's not, but um, like the little... Uh, dots and spaces in it uh so it's a 3d puzzler that you that challenge you to uh, carefully connect colorful carriages together uh, it's called track switcher it's a one player game uh, and it actually looks like it's just kind of built like a puzzle game that you would play uh, very puzzly looking small components not too many components um but it's a single player puzzle game uh, it's in collaboration between Days of Wonder and Mixlore. Uh, Mixlore is the label behind the Logi Quest range of 3D brain teasers. I'm not familiar with them, um, but I will definitely have to look them up. So you are going to uh, slide your train engine around slotted tracks on the board, collecting and connecting multicolored carriages in a specific order to solve each of the 40 puzzles. Um... And it looks cool, and it's small, and I feel like it, it's uh, coming out in October. It's going to be 25 bucks. What do you think? Something you want to add to your Ticket to Ride collection? Do you have a Ticket to Ride collection? I think you do, right? Kind of, sort of? I do. Yeah. yeah. I have uh, the U.S. base game and I think five of the expansion maps. Okay, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, yeah. So sorry. You, you what you do is you're gonna uh, track the number of moves you take on a dial, and you're aiming to do it in as few uh, turns as possible. Actually, it reminds me of like a mobile game type of game, like trying to get things done in fewer moves, and you try right. always trying to best your time. So what do this you think? Is a, this is really interesting because I, I don't know who came to who. I'm guessing that they came to Days of Wonder to ask about using Ticket to Ride for this. Yeah. Uh, would seem logical. But this is a really unique, different, and interesting way to expand upon an IP that really kind of does make sense. Like When you look at how everything is laid out... It seems like, yeah, I could see how this would be. You're trying to switch tracks. You're at a train yard. You're moving things around and need to ensure that you can get, you know, these pieces over here or these parts of the train to this track and these parts. Like, this totally makes sense. It works. When I look at it, it reminds me of those travel games, like the car games. Mm, It's like, oh, take it and open open up the little case and you have all the little pieces and then put them on the board and they kind of like lock into the board and you can kind of shut the stuff. Like, that's what it looks like to me. $25 $25 seems pretty reasonable. Uh, 40 puzzles, again, seems really good. Obviously, the challenge here is, number one, you know, the, the trying to do something in as few moves as you can. Add some replayability for sure, but I think overall, like, once you get through those 40 different scenarios, I, I don't know how much more replayability there's going to be. Yeah. The other thing I worry about is how quick are those scenarios because if you tell me like oh here's a campaign board game that has 40 scenarios i'm like oh all right well hour apiece 40 hours seems great yeah are they are, are like these five minutes right you know like how long do these scenarios take but again 25 dollars doesn't seem too bad uh the production quality looks really cool it's going to be definitely a unique piece for you and it seems like you could easily play it just sitting in your lap while you're watching television or something like that if you wanted to yeah um so i'm definitely interested i don't have very many solo games it's not something i I typically do because we've talked about before that board gaming in general to be supposed to be a social activity, uh, but I'm at least interested in this. What about you, Josh? I think it's cool. I think it's a great idea. Great travel game, I think. Um, in fact, if people want to check it out, if you go to dicebreaker.com and you go to their games tab, the the Tickets Ride link has a link to the YouTube like trailer, so to speak, uh, where like the CG rendering of what the game looks like, and it just seems like a... Um, a really neat game where like each card that you each track that you're trying to do has a one, two, or a three star rating for how many moves you do it in. So I think the replayability would be like, hey, I want to get three stars in everything. Like, but what people do with like Overcooked. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it'd be fun. And I, and honestly, it wouldn't be too bad. I don't think for like a if there's someone else around you while you're playing it, and you can kind of put your your brains together to try to solve puzzles and do it together as well. Uh, maybe even something like I keep next to my bed, like my bed at my nightstand, and like I crawl into bed and I do two tracks and go back to bed or something, like a little brain teaser. Um, but I think it seems cool. I like that it's they're going out of, outside the box for the for more content. So I like it. Twenty five bucks. That's an easy buy for me. I think even just to keep it with my ticket to ride games. So it's not that bad. I mean, honestly, I could see it going for 20. Like, that's not like right. <laughs> that it's showing much more for the extra $5. But I think it's still not a terrible price for it. So, yeah, I do think $19.99 would be in like the sweet spot. Yeah. But still, like you said, $25 is not bad. Uh, this will be interesting. I'm wondering where in distribution this is going to go. If this is going to go mass market, if this, are we going to be able to find this in Target and Walmart? 
Yeah, I think it, this has to be a Target and Walmart. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does seem like a good. I don't want to say stocking stuffer because I don't know how big it is. I didn't really wasn't able to quite under. It looks like it's not very big. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty small. But it seems like that might be good for that or an easy uh, pickup for the holiday season. If you're like, oh, I know so and so is into board games, let me get them this. Like, I think that is going to be the market or what they're really going for in that situation. Yeah. So. Cool. Anything else about uh, this new take on Ticket to Ride, Josh? No. Okay. <laughs> well, Josh, you know, every once in a while we have to have, I don't want to say necessarily a callback or a throwback, but, you know, we, we revisit topics that we've talked about in the past. And in this case, Josh, our, our old friends are at it again. So there was a recent update to Dungeon Dice, the Lost Kingdom expansion, plus Epic Dice Tower Defense. Now, what is very, very confusing about this is that if I were to give you the link for this update, you would think that this update is for Epic Dice Tower, De- Epic Dice Tower Defense because that's what 99% of the update is about. But actually, technically, it is a Dungeon Dice update. That is the Kickstarter uh, that it was posted on, the Dungeon Dice The Lost King. And, you know, our old friends at Golden Bell Studios <laughs> are are having some challenges, Josh, and, able, and bringing these products to fruition. Um, and among other things, they are blaming Kickstarter for not being, you know, being able to work on multiple campaigns at a time. They have already charged, you know, money for this game and charged money for shipping for this game. Uh, but hey, guess what? They're asking for forty more dollars for shipping, oh my God. <laughs> and they are saying they are threatening to take legal action against Kickstarter, going so far as to throw studios like Come On under the bus and calling them out by name for their Kickstarter practices and saying, "What what they do, what we do, is nowhere near as bad as they do, but no one cares about what they do." So, Josh. Now, an important thing to know here, a lot of the stuff with Golden Bell has been things that have happened more recently, like last two years, right? And this game originally, I think, funded four years ago. So it has been a while, and I believe Golden Bell has been part of um, this project for, for a while now. It's not like they just recently got brought onto it or anything like that. Um, there was a while there where uh, Kickstarter had st- did not allow Golden Bell at all to, to operate on Kickstarter because of their track record. So here's my question, Josh. At what point does this become like not even because like right now it's kind of like this. Oh, my goodness. Not again. It's kind of like, like at what point do, do, do you stop just even thinking it's going to continue to get worse? Right, like, are they? Is there any reason that Golden Bell Studios should still be considering and calling themselves Golden Bell Studios at this point? Like, they need to change, right? Like, they have to change <laughs> their name. They have to do something, right? Like, they can't just keep going and doing this, right? If they change their name, it's just going to be a new company that people can't deal with because <laughs> it's their their practices aren't going to change. In fact. I really hope that this person isn't sick, but they're using the same excuses as someone being sick and right. having to deal with family problems as as a game that we backed two years ago. That was a different game. And the audacity of them to plainly just say, we have your games 
and you need to PayPal us shipping. Like, that's insane. That's, I feel like, if anyone's trying to sue anyone, Kickstarter should be suing Golden Bell Studios. You can't, this is like holding your their things for ransom. Like, right. <laughs> and it's like, and they're making you do all the legwork. It's like, take a photo of your proof of order, take a photo of your invoice number, take a photo of your, like, like, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, I just, I don't understand. And they give all these updates. And of course, they they talk about not, uh, like being hesitant to talk about it because of the number of personal threats that Golden Bell and I and my family have received. Right. Like, I don't know. I just think it's in, incredibly crazy that this has happened again. But also, I'm not surprised. <laughs> like, we talked about this and how bad this is. And just me getting one good look at Golden Bell Studios at Pax Unplugged, I could tell that it was not a was not on the level of anybody else at the venue as far as a uh, like a table space company. Um, in fact, it, the, <laughs> this guy is just offering like printable versions to people who aren't willing to give them extra money. <laughs> right. So. Uh, it's just, I don't know. I, I just can't believe any of the excuses based off of the track record, I guess. So I don't know. I don't know what the deal is, <laughs> but man, I feel bad for all these people who back this game. And I hope that it was clear that Golden Bell was doing this at the start of Kickstarter, because I know that that was kind of like not known on unbroken like right away who people were dealing with and i would not right, want right. to ever deal with golden bell studios based on our experience alone yeah and like i said i mean this this funded back in like 2016 or 2017 like this was a long time ago that this game funded uh it's just very it, it blows my mind how the responses and like the explanations are identical every single time like it's always like hey you know we stepped in as golden bell to help this person get their project to the end but they never they didn't charge anywhere near enough money like i don't know what they were thinking like how could they have possibly thought this project was gonna be able to be completed based off of this amount of money um and then you know oh we were working with our partners at the factory and they just never responded for months at a time it's like really because all these other companies are able to get their games up, you know, for the most part, just fine. You know, like, obviously there's delays here and there, but those are usually only with super complex games. Like, not multiple year delays very often. Like, obviously there are exceptions, things like Kingdom Death Monster, which has still only delivered, like, a quarter or something like that of its rewards that were supposed to be out, like, three years ago. But, like, for the most part, most companies have this down. But this company, excuse me, never seems to have this down. And I don't know how that works. If like, you go you think to their... they would get it right every once in a while by accident, right? <laughs> if you go to their website, they have uh, some games that you can, like there's a game called Lost Orientation. It's like for the, the show Lost. You can add it to your wish list 
but you can't purchase it because if you go all the way down to shipping information, it says once this campaign is completed, we will send we'll be sending out a post campaign reward survey. It's it's not even through Kickstarter. And and then it says um to clarify, shipping and handling will be charged after the campaign is, is not included in your pledge. Um, and then they give you more links to cl- click on other things. I just don't understand. I don't know. I don't get how they can be like this. Does that make sense? <laughs> no, it does make sense. I don't understand either. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know how they could be like this either. And their website's not very good. No, it's not good. I can buy Dungeon Dice. One yeah. game at retail price, seventy bucks. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> that doesn't crazy. include shipping. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. I don't know, Kyle. This is a uh, not good business. Um, I one way or the other, it's not good business, and right. To really push this, we're being attacked, and like, if you, if this is true, and you are a person who is sick and running a company and have family, medical, family, and personal issues all the time, maybe stop for a little bit. If you can't pay for your project that other people paid you money for, maybe right. reassess what your budget should be. Mm-hmm. Like you already had these games where you failed and you promised that you would fix it. And then you asked people for more money. Why wasn't like you're running a business. So what, what repercussions are you facing? Like clearly none because they did it again and they're, they're doing the same thing. And it it would be crazy at this point, right? The definition of insanity to yeah. assume that the next thing they do will be any different. And shame on, well, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. Right. Like, no more chances for Golden Bell. And if they do change their name, I really just feel like we'll figure out who they are. <laughs> yeah. And it'll be pretty obvious. Yeah. It it is interesting because they say that they have delivered forty three of forty seven Kickstarters, and that two of the four that are not fulfilled are fulfilled internationally, and that the U.S. things are coming. And maybe that's true. Maybe they really have fulfilled that many, but I don't know that any of them have gone smoothly. Uh, and, and how many of them have gone without ha- asking or demanding extra money? Yeah, from people to in order to get those Kickstarters, right? Um, one of the things that I found was funny about the Reddit post about this. Um, this really made me laugh. Um, someone had posted the had posted a comment saying, "I'll always upload a post that exposes the dumpster full of used diaper fires that is Golden <laughs> Bell Studios." And someone's response was, "At least a dumpster full of used diapers implied something was delivered." Oh, <laughs> that's <was> pretty funny. <laughs> and I don't. I I genuinely am someone. Who don't I try not to get involved in like the hog pile or like mentality of just publicly shaming companies. But in this case, this is not a one-off mistake. This is not a oh sorry, we we made a really big boo-boo. Like this is a a consistent track record of 
acting like the hero and then asking for more money. Yeah. This is what they always do. We stepped in to help, but they didn't know what they're doing and charged way too little. Now give us $40 more per person in order to get this thing you've already paid $100 for. Yeah. Like what? So anyway. <laughs> and, you know, maybe maybe it is more worth it to people to pay the $40 so, you know, to get the so that they get their investment back. But I just understand how they can just continue to do this. And it's amazing because some people in the responses to the update are really upset. And some are like, oh, thanks for the update. We appreciate it. I'm like, yeah. what do you mean? <laughs> So anyway, anything else, Josh, you'd like to say about uh, Golden Bell or Kickstarter things? Yeah, don't do business with the Golden Bell. That's all I have to really say about that. (laughs) Have you backed uh, any Kickstarters lately? Uh, Yeah, what am I at right now? Where are my Kickstarter bees at? Kickstarter. I just had, well, we we both just had, oh, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, fund. Oink. Studios? I didn't actually, I didn't end up backing that. Oh, okay. I, I swapped it for something different. Ooh. Well, let's see. Um, I currently have the School of Sorcery Pet Pack pledge. That's Dr. Finn's expansion to School of Sorcery. Uh, I have a thing called Annie Block Puzzle Masters. It's an Octonauts STEM brain teasers game. That's obviously not for me. <laughs> Uh, man, Keystone, North America, from Rose Gauntlet uh, Entertainment. Games I... And Oink Games Plus just funded over the weekend. Um, uh, I did back Vivid Memories. That has since uh, succeeded. Um, Transmissions I backed, which was a really cool-looking robot game. Ghosts, that real-time uh, FMV horror game by the studio who made the movie Host on Shudder. Uh, Floriferous by uh, Mr. Pencil First Games' Eduardo Baraf. The giant uh, Everdell expansion uh, in Cascadia. I think all those are all the things I'm still waiting on. Oh, obviously oh. Foundations of Rome. <laughs> <laughs> yes, obviously Foundations of Rome. I don't know that I have that many going on here. Let me see. What am I still waiting on? Oh, so I still am waiting on Oath, but that should be showing up any day. Oh, yeah. Because um, people have started Oath. to get it, so I should be getting that here uh any day now which i'm really excited for because the feedback on it is super super good yeah very very positive so i'm very excited about that one uh yeah obviously foundations of rome as well um i just got good puppers which i haven't had a chance to play yet but i have that uh i think other than that the only other things i have are uh darwin's journey and uh carnegie deluxe edition i backed both of those games earlier this year uh and then what i had swapped the uh oink plus games for as i did decide to back uh chai tea for two. Oh, nice so that is back and then keystone north america which is obviously still active but i'm backing that as well so so that's where i am at uh i actually have most of my kickstarters delivered other, and then obviously frost haven is not delivered yet either but i have half of that because i got my gloomhaven so but nice. so yeah i actually don't have that many outstanding right now which is kind of interesting other than, you know, Swap Fire Season 2 still isn't delivered. But, hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> Swap Fire. <laughs> cool. All right, Josh, what is your second topic this week? My second topic is I got distracted because there's an Isle of Cats expansion Kickstarter. I almost, I almost did because I don't have Isle of Cats. So I had contemplated getting it, but then I saw how much it would be for me to get back Isle of Cats, and I decided not to. 
Oh, there's an exploring drawer one too. And pins. It's <laughs> always a problem when you go to Kickstarter. It's like, oh, and then there's this, and then there's that. 61 bucks for, what, three expansions? Mm-hmm. I think it's right around there, yeah. Uh, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> I shouldn't do it. Okay, Kyle, so we talked about this, things like this. Previously, uh, we have things like Mass Effect 3's endings. We have things like Save, States, and Returnal. And now, Biomutant is adding, adds a, quote, important, unquote, update. What does this mean for the original intention of the narrative, I ask you? This is from Eurogamer. Bio, big Biomutant patch lets you shut the narrator up, as they say, at Eurogamer. But essentially, uh, with this big up- update, um, one of the big things is, uh, I'm not, uh, to be quiet down the narrator. So their incorporeal narrator is, uh, what they say is pretty chatty, uh, commenting on pretty much everything you do and translating everything anyone says. So prior to the release of this patch, uh, you were able to tone down the narrator, um, but you couldn't stop him. Uh, you couldn't quiet him completely. And now you can. So. Uh, The patch notes for dialogue and narrator read as follows. Reduced the amount of gibberish spoken before the narrator starts translating. Added dialogue setting toggles for gibberish and narrator, allowing players to select it if they want to hear the narrator, the gibberish, or both when talking to NPCs. Fixed narration and gibberish playing silently and producing awkward pause when each corresponding volume setting is set to zero. Uh, Remove the text delay animations when either gibberish or narration is disabled. Uh, Elsewhere, there are changes to the tutorial area um, to help with pacing. So uh, now this was a big topic in our Discord with people being frustrated with the narrator. Um... The time I have spent with Biomutant, albeit not as much as I would have liked so far, um, it didn't bother me that much, um, but I think I was just viewing it as um, the way that they wanted you to play the game. And I know that I come across some, sometimes I come across on this, I don't want to be like, just like blindly like, that's the way they wanted the game to be, that's how it should be. I don't necessarily feel that way in this situation because a lot of people like there's been times where i play destiny with just no music and listen to a podcast because i played destiny so much um but for me i think like the narration adds like this david attenborough sort of planet earth type vibe to this game uh but i can also certainly appreciate uh how people are getting annoyed or frustrated with the narrator where do you sit on this so I really like that comparison to having, you know, a narrator, you know, talking about this adventure, this creature is going on and kind of viewing it from that perspective. I can appreciate that. What I can't appreciate, though, is that half the stuff the narrator says makes no sense. <laughs> the story that they and I will we'll talk about this later because my homework was to play Biomutant. And let me tell you, I did my homework. Um <laughs> It just doesn't make any sense half the time. Like, you'll go and the narrator will say, like, oh, this guy thinks this thing. And you're like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't I don't know the context <laughs> of this. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Half these words are, like, technically real words, but you're using them in ways that don't make any sense. And then other parts you've just made up, like, words by adding whys on the real. Like, it just, ooh, it is frustrating to me. It's really frustrating to me. 
Um, but I, yeah, I don't know how this game got played, tested, ideally by like you know play testers or outside play testers, and they and no one said something about this. Yeah, because it's infuriating. Like the 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 person will say they're gibberish, and then there's like a beat, and then you get the narrator's thing. And then the gibberish will happen for the next part, and then there's a beat, and then you and it's like this is literally taking twice as long. Yeah, because you're oh man, I <laughs> it was driving me nuts, and I I definitely am a fan, and I have always supported saying hey, developers make the games you want to make. So if this is the way they wanted to do it, I fully support that. But it is not for me. I can tell you that, as far as that style of of implementation for for the dialogue. Not something that uh, I I was a fan of. That is for sure. Gotcha. So I'm very happy for the changes. <laughs> good. That's good to hear. I'm glad that it's getting addressed in that way. Um, and I might my opinion might change the more time I put into the game too. So I'm not like assuming that this is. I don't want to be pretentious about it. <laughs> I guess is what I was saying. <laughs> cool. Anything else about Biden Mutant right now, Josh? Otherwise, we'll definitely be talking about it later. Um. No, uh, I got, you know, it's something that they must have gotten enough content, uh, comments on in the wild. I know it's a small team, right? So maybe they didn't have a big playtesting group, but maybe it was something that was like precious to them, right? They're like, okay, we get Mm -hmm. the people are complaining, but we really want to keep this. We paid this guy (laughs) so much money to do all this for us. So maybe they're like, we're just, we got to keep it. So. It could be a financial thing, or at least wanting um, to feel like they spent their money wisely. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's it. That's it. So uh, we'll talk about Biomutant later. Awesome. All right, Josh. So we are back now. I'm going to do the second half of This or That. Last week, we did one about board games. Hmm. So this week, I have five video game-related topics for This or That. Are you ready, sir? I am ready. All right. this, This first one is inspired... By your recent prize. Oh. <laughs> Josh. Yeah. Would you rather have an upgraded fancy controller, pro controller, back paddles, things like that, yeah. or a really quality pair of headphones for gaming? Well, I'll say this. I have the Xbox Elite Series 2 controller. Yeah, you do. I've used it twice. What? And I've had it for over a year. You only used it twice? Yeah, I've only used it twice. And the only benefit for me is that weight. Um, wow. I just don't. I don't game that way. I don't use back paddles. I don't like, I thought like I needed this because like everyone mm-hmm. loves it. And it's just not me. Like, uh, and maybe if I played games like Overwatch or Call of Duty more or just constantly, yeah. like maybe I would feel differently. But um, I don't know like that I need it. I mean, we'll get into other things when we talk about homework, but I don't know that I need it. So I probably will sell that. Um, I like this headset a lot, so, um, but I would never spend how much money this headset costs for a headset. What would you spend on a headset? Uh, I think the most I've spent on a headset is a hundred bucks. Okay. And I still think that's a lot of money because mm-hmm. I only use my headset when I'm social gaming. Oh. I, I use my, my, my TV speaker, like not my TV speaker, but my sure living room audio setup when I play mm-hmm. games. My 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 living room is far enough away from any other other rooms to for it to be too loud while mm-hmm. people are sleeping. I don't have that issue. So um, I also find wearing headset 
sits for more than an hour or two, very uncomfortable. Okay. Um, so it's just not something that I typically like, unless it's like a long gaming session where I feel like I need it. Okay. Um, but maybe for like these for my computer, I will re- I will use them because I just have a little tiny dinky um, Dell soundbar. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are like way better for that. But for my living right. room, like my gaming on my Xbox or my PlayStation uh, or my Switch, like my soundbar in my living room is great for me. Awesome. Okay. So if you had to pick though between the two, you take the headphones, I assume? I would take the headset. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is a tough one for me because I use both of these things. I have um, a quote unquote fancy controller for my PlayStation and my Xbox, actually. I have an Xbox Pro controller as well. Only the first one, not the second one. Um, so this is really tough for me because I can't imagine, or when I have tried to play like Overwatch or Call of Duty now without back paddles or back buttons, I, I almost can't do it. It is that hard for me because it has, it took a while to get used to, but once I got used to it, I find going back to not having it is way harder than it was to pick up using it. If that makes sense. Yeah. So I really, really um, value that control, like having controllers that can do that. And I am, uh, I am someone who has no problem spending money on controllers because I very much look at it as like, this is the only thing that actually lets me. This is like how I connect to the game is through the controller. So like, if my controller sucks, it is going to impact my enjoyment and my ability to uh, execute in the game like I want to. So I yeah. have no problems paying for a good controller. But I also don't have problems playing for nice headphones either. <laughs> now I haven't got I've never bought in like really, really good headphones. Um I typically have been in like the hundred to hundred and fifty dollar range. So I haven't spent like, you know, three hundred or anything like that on my headphones. You know, the ones I have a hundred dollar headset and a hundred and fifty dollar headset right now are kind of like the two ones that I have in general. Um and that one is in the room that my Xbox is in and the other is in the room that my PlayStation is in. Mm. So that's the only reason I even have two is just so I don't have to be lazy and, and carry a headphone headset back and forth. But I oh I think if I had to pick or choose here, I would go with the upgraded controller because I still could use um my sound system that I have in my entertainment area. Like I could choose to use that, but you know, it, it's one of those challenging things of that having good headphones makes me better at Call of Duty and Overwatch, just like having a different controller makes me better. Yeah. Uh, so I, I am going to have to give up one of the two of them. And I guess uh, I can still try to listen for sound cues on my sound system, but it's not going to quite be the same, you know? Yeah. So that's what makes it hard. But I guess I probably would pick controller as well. So, or instead of headphones in this situation. But that's really tough for me because I want both. <laughs> I really want both. Yeah. Okay, next one. And this one I think is something that a couple of years ago, I don't know what our answer, if our answers would be the same. So I'm interested to see what they are right now. If you had to pick, Josh, especially with this new generation of consoles, 60 frames per second or native Ooh. 4K? That's a good question. Um, I think this is another one of those categories where I don't, I've definitely seen the benefit of between the two, but I don't necessarily like fall in line with some of our like, game tech heads in discord mm-hmm. um but for me i think i would pick 4k um just because i feel like it's more validating to my purchase of 4k television okay. um which is why i upgraded to these mm-hmm. this really nice tv i mean it also supports 120 frames which is nice right um that have that option but 
Um, yeah, that's tough. I could go both ways on this, honestly. Um, if you told me, like, I, I don't know, Kyle. Like, I could, I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate how Spider Man played once I changed it to performance Six feet. mode. Yeah, I do. I really do appreciate that. Um, but I didn't know what I was missing. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So if ignorance is bliss, I pick 4K. Mm-hmm. But maybe I would pick frames, knowing what I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'll I'll pick frames. Yeah, it's a tough one because I have had played many games at 30 frames per second and had amazing experiences. Yeah, and been like, this game was great, and look at how pretty it is. It looks so nice, you know, like that is yeah. even if it's not native 4K, checkerboard 4K or whatever. You're just like, wow, this thing looks incredible. I. Mm, there have definitely been experiences I've had lately where I can f- feel and see the difference in playing in 60 frames compared to 30. And I do think that it does provide overall a bigger benefit to the game comparatively to like playing a game in 1080 or like checkerboard versus native 4K. Part of that could be because I need a new TV. Like my TV is decently old. It is a 4K television, but. It's not a top-of-the-line 4K. It's an old 4K. Like Even like the HDR gamut on it's pretty bad. I mean, it's it was early HDR. Like There's a lot of things with it that um, I don't know that I, I am getting the benefit of 4K as much as you are while you're playing on your on your fancy television, yeah. uh, which makes you know the lean towards 60 frames per second uh, a little bit easier. Now, the nice part is, is we have had conversations or I've had conversations with my, with my partner about getting a new television, and that's great. The downfall being that w- the way that we designed our my gaming space is I am very limited <laughs> on the size television I can get because uh, there are built-in shelves, <laughs> so it can only go so big. Uh, and you know, unfortunately, it's a little smaller than most of like the really nice televisions are. Uh, usually, you have to kind of get in that fifty-five, and I can have like a forty-eight, mm. uh, and that makes it a little tough. But man, sixty frames. Two years ago, I definitely would have said I really didn't care that much about 60 frames, other than if I was playing like Call of Duty or Overwatch. I have definitely changed my tune on that. I think there can be a, a difference there. While you, like I said, you still can have exceptionally great experiences at 30. Um, 60 just feels different. So I think new me is looking back at old me and telling old me I was wrong. Uh, I think I probably would pick 60 frames per second. But yeah. maybe when I get a fancy new television, I'll change my mind again. Because, you know, newest, latest, best. That's the way I always am. So Yeah. <laughs> All right, Josh. Next one. Single-player games or multiplayer games. And this includes co-op. Ugh. So just straight-up single-player or playing with other people, either competitive or co-op. In this scenario, are people available to play games with me? Uh, sometimes, but not all of the time. Because if uh, I said all the time, I think it's a pretty easy answer then. So, like, occasionally, yeah, people will totally play with you from time to time. Yeah, I mean... We'll, my, say, we'll say slightly more than... We'll say more than happens now, but not all the time. My new shtick is to be desperate to play games with people. So, uh, I'm like, I would lean towards that. But um, it's definitely less fun constantly asking people to play games and then not be able to. So I think just to avoid that, I would pick single player games. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's the hard part of the hard part, Josh, is like, like our schedules just don't lie. Like I don't usually start gaming till like 1030. My time. Yeah. 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 You know, so like our schedules just, and you're like, you know, that's 1130 your time. Like during the week, that's probably not like the best time for you to be yeah. playing video games. Yes. That so, is true. 
So you're put you're picking single player. Yeah, I think that I mean you get better story game like you get you get better stories in single player games, but mm-hmm. um, I definitely have a love for both. But I would pick single player. Yeah, this is tough because I do play obviously a lot of Overwatch, uh, and I used to play a lot of Call of Duty. So multiplayer games overall are probably like as far as a single game goes, the most number of hours I play in a year is in Overwatch, but not even close. But the most number, like if you look at my overall gaming hours, uh, more is definitely in single player. Hmm. So I, I think I would have to go there. The problem I run into, though, with single player versus multiplayer, Josh, is that I am almost, almost always willing to down, sit down to someone's like, hey, are you free? Do you want to play this game? Even if it's not a game I'm super interested in, I'm almost always like, yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Whereas single player games, sometimes I sit and I look at all my games all of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of games I have available to me on all of my different platforms, and I'm like, man, there's nothing to play. And that happens to me with single-player games, and it doesn't really happen to me with multiplayer. And I don't know why that is. I think it's probably because I just have too many to pick from, yeah. and nothing just feels like the right fit. And I feel like with how many games I have, I should have this thing that just is going to quench my need right now, and sometimes I just don't. But yeah, I, overall, I think I would pick single-player. All right, Josh, second to last one. Second to last this or that. Would you prefer, especially with E3 around the corner, Josh, new IPs or sequels to games you love? Uh, I think generally, I would say I think I, I would I would say new IPs. As much as I love sequels um, to games I love, they're games I love that were new IPs at one point. So mm-hmm. I think I would just say new IPs. I agree. While I definitely really enjoy going back to certain characters and worlds over and over again, like Uncharted. Uh, overall, new IPs and seeing developers like stretch their legs and do different things is always more interesting to me overall. Though I ob- obviously I I want some sequels because we got to have our comfort food, right? We got to have the thing that we like uh, yeah. in doses. But in general, I'm going to lean towards getting more hyped about new IPs, especially if they can sell them in really effective ways. Like sequels, you're like, oh, this is cool. I love this thing. So kind of what they show you, I'm always like, oh, that's cool because it's like a sequel to the thing I love. So whatever you show me, like whatever, I just love the thing. And in some ways, I'm almost like, I don't want to see anything because I already know I love this thing. So just don't show me anything. Yeah. Whereas new IPs, you're like, let me get in the nitty gritty. Let me learn as much about this thing as I can to see if my hype or my excitement is worth it. So yeah, I would pick new IPs as well. Nice. All right, Josh, final this or that. First person. Or third person? Uh, past Josh would pick first person. Um, I think I'm a third person guy now, though. I really enjoy a third person game. Um, maybe that's because my uh, reflexes are slower, or maybe it's just because my taste has changed. I'm not sure why, but um, I love me a third person action adventure game now. Yeah. Uh, obviously, like I've talked about that, I play a lot of multiplayer games that are all basically first person. But also, in general, I prefer third-person games as well. Uh, But again, a few years ago, I think I would have said first-person just like you. Yeah. Uh, Third-person action games. I know that, you know, as a PlayStation gamer that I am, it's like, oh, that's all they make. I'm like, yeah, and I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Because those are my favorite (laughs) games to play. So, yeah, I'm all about third-person action games. I think they're great. It's just something about being able to see my character and see, I think, a broader perspective on the world is always what I like. Just the, just everything is just a wider field of view, which I just really appreciate. Yeah. So, and when your character does cool things, you get to see him do cool things. 
which is great because you actually right. yeah see what they're doing yeah <laughs> awesome all right so that was it for our video game this or that josh thanks so much for participating you're such well, a good of course sport. i didn't have all a right. choice but i was happy to do it <laughs> what is your third topic okay kyle get it while while and if you can arguably i would say the first legacy style board game tales of the arabian nights uh the third edition is being reprinted for the very last time this month. This is, again, from Dicebreaker. Um, this is a Z-Man Games production, and I really, I'm really kicking myself because they had a copy of Tales of the Arabian Nights at my, used at my local store, and I didn't grab it like a year ago. And I was like, oh, I'll get it another time. So uh, classic story-driven uh, board game Tales of the Arabian Nights. We'll see. It's last third edition print run later this month uh current publisher z-man games has announced um in a lengthy farewell post on their blog they the head of the studio steve kimball and arabian nights designer eric goldberg reflect on the game's journey that started in the 80s um and the last english language printing of the third edition was in 2015 so um i want to say what's most notable about this is that um, I believe they sold this off, right? I wish I had the notes on that. Uh, Campbell described the third edition as a send-off for this edition of the game and launch back for the next, hinting at the potential for a future return to the series under a new label. So it will no longer be uh, under Z-Man if you get any other further copies. The final printing is on June 11th. Um, so, I mean, that doesn't mean that we won't see the game again, but it also uh, could mean that. Uh, there's a lot of games that don't get reprints. Um, and one of the games that people didn't think was going to get a reprint was Fury of Dracula. But then WizKids bought it and they are they did reprint it. But um, that game was out of print for years. So uh, that could be the same for this, especially if they're going to have to like shop it around. Um, but there's only going to be a limited quantity of this, what they're calling 3E print run of Arabian Nights. So maybe collectors are going to try to scoop this up and sell it as well. Uh, so really, if you want to get it, it's going to be exclusive to Z-Man's uh, online store in the U.S. Um, and only a small amount uh, of copies going to other countries. You can pre-order it on their website for 60 bucks if you're interested in doing so. This is a game that I've always been interested in playing um, and it seems really cool so my question to you or questions have you played this game do you want to play this game and what do you think about um shutting down print runs of games and and do you think that they should come back out so josh many many years ago i was in my friendly local game store when i lived in a different town i was looking at all the games on the shelf I was trying to decide what I wanted to buy that day. And there was this huge, heavy box for Tales of the Arabian Nights. And I pulled the game down. I was like, ah, I've heard really good things about this game. Pull it down. I looked at it. I, I brought that game home with me that day, Josh. Nice. I bought Tales of the Arabian Nights. But? And it sits on my shelf <laughs> in plastic still. Oh, my. <laughs> so now I wonder, Josh, do I just hold on to this game? Yeah, you should sell it. And, you know, in a couple of years, maybe see what the market is for this game. Still in plastic, unopened. Do you know what version you have? I would have to go look. I don't know off the top of my head. 
but uh, I always have wanted to play this game. It, it really was one of those storytelling games that I really wanted to experience, but for any multitude of reasons, mostly being that when I started playing board games and really got into the hobby, I bought a gazillion games all at the same time. Uh, and as a result of that, never really got many of them to the table because we found <laughs> the few that we really liked uh, and never kind of went away from that. Now, at the time, I was intimidated by the game because I thought it was supposed to be pretty challenging, but that's not actually true. It's, it's really not that complex of a game. It, it seems like it is because of the style of game that it is. Yeah. But overall, it really isn't um, super, super complicated. It's not a really heavy game. Uh, so I do want to play it, and we actually have talked about it just like a week ago. My partner and I were talking about how we really should play this game. Uh, so maybe we're going to hold on to it now. <laughs> we're not going to play it right away. Just to see, by chance, uh, you know, if this game you know, becomes a little more valuable. Oh, look at this. Amazon, Tale of the Arabian Nights, $399. I was going to say, pulling up eBay, the first three listings for sealed, $199, $255, Well, right, people <laughs> go buy one for $60 right now, I think, is the answer to all of that. Uh, so there we go. Well, I guess that answers my question. Uh, I will be holding on to this, at least for the foreseeable future. Uh, now it's good. I'm going to be honest. It's up to debate whether or not I play it. We'll have to wait and see. So You're getting fireworks here. People are excited. About Tales of Arabian Nights. <laughs> Man, I can't escape fireworks anymore, it seems. Why do you have so many fireworks I there? I don't know. It's just annoying. <laughs> are people just excited about life? No, people just want to shoot fireworks off in their yard <laughs> and annoy all of their neighbors. <laughs> but you're like, your town's pretty big, right? It's also illegal in Massachusetts to fire fireworks. To buy fireworks. Right. Which, that's not super surprising. Not in Massachusetts, no. <laughs> but I, I'm just surprised that uh, people would do... Because, like, how big is your town? Well, this, our city is the second biggest city in New England. Right, that's what I thought. Yeah. I'm like, I thought it was really big. Uh, so that, to me, is always the part that, like... <laughs> I'm like, why are people doing that in town? That's just so weird. And I live in a place where we talk about going to a town. So that tells you how big my town yeah. is. <laughs> um, we but, don't, yeah, town is not a word we use. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, I gotta go to town this weekend. Which is funny, because when we go to town... It literally just means we're going to the bigger city that's like 20 minutes away from us. Because, like, my town has, like, a grocery store. We have a Walmart. Like, we have all that <laughs> stuff. But, like, you know, if we want to go to, like, the bigger, better grocery store or if we need to go to the hardware store or something like that, then we have to go to town 20 minutes away. <laughs> but who wants to drive there more than once in a oh, weekend? Boy. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Josh. So my final topic is uh, we're going to talk about E3 a little bit. I... I debated whether or not we wanted to do some sort of like predictions or you know show something like that and i just decided you know with how e3 is this year it's gonna be, it would be really hard because like yes e3 itself has a specific date but then there's all this other stuff going on yeah so it, it would just seem really hard it'd be like hey here are our summer predictions i guess of things that are gonna happen this summer sometime uh so i just thought we would talk a little bit about the things uh the events that have been announced that we know about maybe just talk very briefly about a are we excited for them uh are we looking forward to them do we plan to watch them and is there anything specifically um we're hoping to see there uh like just a couple things uh and some of these obviously we've talked about more in depth than others so the ones that we've talked about we'll go through pretty quickly but just there's a whole bunch of other kind of quirky ones out there that i just wanted to check in with you on quick and see what your thoughts were yeah 
So the first thing already happened uh, was the Gorilla Collective uh, did their summer 21 first Gorilla Collective event. I think they have like three. Hmm. Um, and it was yesterday from when we were recording. And Josh, I don't know anything that was talked about there. I watched it. Uh, oh, was it, it good? Well, tell me about tell me all about it. It was fine. I couldn't I couldn't tell you the names of any of the games I saw except for like Bloodstained. Um, okay. But it's just it was just a bunch of a bunch of indie games, mostly PC, but some coming to consoles. I wouldn't say any of it was bad. It was just um, not the type of games I like lean towards. So it's just I just right. watched it to see if anything like really grabbed my attention. And I'm assuming nothing did. No, I mean they all seem fine, but nothing that like made me want to go and pre-order a buy right away. Gotcha. Uh, the other thing that happened yesterday then was the Black Voices in Gaming event. Uh, they did one of these last year too, and it really was just focusing on um, Black individuals in the industry mm-hmm. um, and developers talking about their games. I haven't had a chance. I actually had this bookmark to watch, and I just haven't had a chance to go back to it. Did you watch this at all? Um, it started like right after Gorilla, like a precursor yeah. to it. I didn't. Um, I just didn't have time. I watched the first interview where they talked to. Um, one of the guys who got involved with Black Forces in gaming and that he is also a game designer, but um, I didn't get to watch the the rest of it. Okay. Well, it is on Twitch. They're, they, I think both of those streamed on Twitch, so you could definitely go check out mm-hmm. the archive if you're interested, listener. Uh, and then I guess the, the next kind of big event is coming June 10th, Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest. Mm-hmm. Um, Going to be... Lots of things going on. 30 game publishers such as Activision, Epic, PlayStation, and Xbox. Special performers by Weezer. I mean, Josh, <laughs> it's this Thursday, I think. Is that what day it is? Yeah. This week? Interested? Going to watch? What are your thoughts on Summer Game Fest presented by Prime Gaming? Yeah. I mean, co- uh, coincidentally, I have Thursday off. So I will be home to watch at least most of it. Um, it does end just it does start only an hour before my son gets out of daycare so oh, i probably gotcha. can't watch all of it especially because it will definitely have not safe it will probably be a uh, um more adult in theme and tone mm-hmm. um i'm just excited to kind of see what is going to pop up i think that jeff has kind of changed the prediction game with, with the stuff he does now with like them like yeah. silently dropping an xbox reveal and Right. Now we really don't know what to expect from it. So I'm just excited to get surprised. Um, and I like Weezer, but I'm not really... Um, I don't think that music events ever go over well in gaming shows. Ever. Yeah, they're ever. usually a little weird. <laughs> the Andrew WK one I thought was great, and like everyone there was just stone-faced when he was at the Bethesda. Yeah, they event. really ruined it for him. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, this is such a prefer. Yeah. He's like giving it his all, and everyone's like, uh. Yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Unfortunately, I have to. Well, not that I mean, I work most days, but uh, this is a day of work that I really can't like schedule myself for a meeting to watch it. Like, I have way too much going on. Mm. So, unfortunately, I'm going to miss this. Uh, you know, big names who are going to be there. It wouldn't surprise me to have a large, you know, kind of big announcement or two or update or two. Uh, keeping in mind that also, you know, when you think of like the game awards, we got things like that fast and furious game <laughs> and <Yay>. the next, uh, <laughs> the game that, uh, the next arc game and things like that. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes there's those little more fringe things that, that people are really into, uh, for Activision. I know there's a lot of, uh, Jeff Keighley released a, a, a teaser video basically, or a 
hype video maybe would be a better word about summer game fest and like overwatch 2 is like the start and end of that video i'm uh, not saying that in any way means that that's going to be there but i would be cool if it, that would be cool if it was since activision is listed at slash activision blizzard uh as one of the companies participating for epic my guess is we're just going to get fortnite news about like yeah. what's coming next to fortnite it would yeah. be my assumption of what's happening there and for playstation i have to assume it's going to be updates on things that are we already know about. Yeah, like, like hey, Ken, here's a look at Kena, Kena. Or Kena or whatever. Yeah. yeah, or something like that. I, I really feel like what's going to happen there. Uh, Xbox is the wild card, though, because Xbox could easily say, like, here is a glimpse. Come to our showcase in a couple of days and see, like, the full, like, reveal yeah. or whatever, you know. So, and like you said, with them, like, being like, hey, <laughs> here's the new Xbox. Who knows? They're the wild card. They're doing whatever they want to, um, which is fun and exciting because they keep you on your toes and. I think that's part of the reason why every time they do something, people get hyped because you just don't know with Xbox yeah. what they're going to do, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll take a look. I, I think there'll probably be some fun, interesting things there. I'll definitely be watching this after the fact, um, but we'll have to kind of see where it goes. Uh, after that, then starting June 12th is when things really, really get rolling. Um, IGN has their summer gaming expo, um that it will have quote new game reveals never before seen gameplay and announcements uh i assume well it'll be mostly smaller games yeah i don't think that i've ever watched a ign show um that has shown anything really exciting it's like recappy stuff well and they have tried to kind of get into the the business if you would of having kind of like these reveal shows but i i just think it's kind of weird to have what is supposed to be a news site like doing game re- you know like yeah it just seems weird but anyway that's neither here nor there i suppose uh so anyway that's kind of going that day uh what is some people's favorite show coming sometime on june 12th we don't know when yet devolver digital uh is doing their future of gaming show um that you know some people love the way they do them some people don't uh are you stoked for devolver i like their games i think their games are super fun funny and original uh-huh uh i i i think everything they do in their show is the most cringeworthy thing i've ever seen and i don't enjoy it generally um <laughs> but i usually do ch- like try to check in and see what they're what they're doing did you see their tweet that they sent a couple days yesterday i think the future begins again one no, it says we got five new games to reveal and two release dates to drop in this year's Devolver Cinematic Universe Showcase. Uh, Should be fun. Don't forget to tweet us that it wasn't funny after it's over. We all love that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Devolver got a Devolver, and, and that's that. can't blame them for that. So I think the time for that has been locked down now. I think it is like one thirty pacific on the saturday okay. so yeah uh also gorilla collective showcase another gorilla showcase so that'll be a thing you can watch if you want to again probably some smaller games that are going to be happening there and then something i've never heard of before josh wholesome direct do you know what this is no wholesome games no I yeah don't. uh am i supposed to know who they are wholesome well games. here's the funny thing josh. oh no la toad treasure tracker in goose yeah. game so they are saying they're going to have the, over 75 games Ugh. in their presentation, all which are guaranteed to be good for your soul. Okay, so I'm not interested. <laughs> so there you go. All right. So then one of the big hitters coming out that day, Ubisoft Forward is going to be June 12th. Uh, we've talked a ton about this. Uh, they have 
give it a little more idea of like there are some things that we probably aren't going to see. But Josh, what is your hype level? You know, we've like I said, we've talked in depth about this presentation. What's your hype level for this going forward? Uh, I mean, my hype level is always high for Ubisoft, and it's usually not met. So I'm going to lower my hype level this year to moderate. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm I'm a little um eh about this year's Ubisoft forward. I hope it's really good. Yeah. But we'll have to we'll, we'll kind of wait and see. I, I'm not anticipating much, but I would like to be surprised. Yes, uh, like like you, it's usually what I'm really stoked on or really looking forward to. But I'm pulling back a little bit on that one. Also, June 12th, I think time still is a little bit to be determined. Uh, Gearbox is doing some sort of something to yeah. talk about their games. I have to assume this is the uh, potentially leaked uh, spinoff in the borderlands universe what is it you're a big gearbox fan josh what are your what are your thoughts on this one um i get frustrated with leaks especially around e3 yeah uh so you know that is it is what it is i'll say i'm most excited to get a look at the cast of the movie because i know that that is definitely something they're showing um and if the rumored game is revealed great because i think i i love that character so i would love for that game to be there but i really am i know that it still will technically be a surprise content wise but i'm really bummed that this got leaked if it's true well and the thing that's really weird about it too is that um i mean there were leaks about i think is it was this really weird situation of like there were leaks that Borderlands was like a support studio for a spinoff. And then Randy Pitchford came out and was like, no, yes, we would never do that. Like we were, were developed. And it's like, oh, well, I guess, I mean, that's kind of a leak, but you're like, it was Randy Pitchford who said it was happening. So yeah. like, gotta, you know, what are you going to do there? So yeah, but that I will, I'll be interested to see what else is going on there. They obviously are doing pun- publishing as well now as well. Yes. That's a really weird way to say that, Kyle. Uh, so <laughs> we could probably see some other things there in addition to, um, borderland stuff it wouldn't be surprising if we see potentially like godfall coming to other consoles um, and other places as well so all right then we roll into june 13th and obviously we have uh, the biggest of the big hitters other than nintendo which we'll talk about in a minute uh xbox and bethesda game showcase coming out june 13th on that sunday uh josh hyped there Super i mean hyped. there's nobody hyped. more hyped about this than bethesda like they're like <laughs> This is great news for us. <laughs> they usually like the late night shows some people watch, unless you're Kevin, right. who, he always watches it. Um, yeah. So this is great for them. Uh, of course, I'm excited for Xbox. Uh, I want to see everything they want to show me. And I have no expectations because I think that's the best way for me to go in. <laughs> yeah. Because they well. have unfortunately consistently missed the mark for the past two years not on shows but actually on delivering the the first party games that everyone's been waiting for yeah well with the exception of gears 5 i'm not trying to take that away from them and obviously game pass is huge for them and for me and for us but i really want them to come out with some first party games that we can play they're getting to the point where we're i think we're going to start seeing the fruits of their first party investments yeah uh which have been numerous and huge um, so we're, we're going to start seeing that a little bit, I think. And speaking of leaks, which I'm not going to talk about any of them, but goodness gracious, if you want to just do have a little like walk down like leak slash rumor lane, the leaks and slash rumors about the Xbox Bethesda game showcase are all 
over the place. Yeah. Now, there's a few pretty consistent ones that people are talking about, but my goodness gracious, you can think everything from the sky is falling to this is going to be the best showcase <laughs> ever created in the history of E3 showcases ever, period. Yeah. Um, more than likely, it'll be somewhere between those two. Right, <laughs> you know, right. Like that's where the chances are. <laughs> uh, but I do think that, you know, the ball is very much in Xbox's court. Uh, PlayStation not participating in anything. There's a rumor of a PlayStation event on June 28th. Who knows how even remotely reliable that rumor is. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they the ball is really in Xbox's court, and it, it's their opportunity to really drive home um and show us like the the fruits of of those investments and i i anticipate that is their plan so i am looking forward to this um so we'll see what happens there uh next that day is a square enix showcase we've kind of talked a little bit about this uh where are you kind of thinking they've talked a little bit about what they're going to talk about uh there's a new um, world premiere from idos montreal uh they're going to give some updates on past or other games we already knew about including babylon's fall which i'm really excited about see where the heck <laughs> that game's at finally uh but what are your thoughts on this josh excited not excited what are your thoughts i'm not excited square enix as again one of those things i think i'm excited for and then i watch and i realize that their content is just not for for me it's for a different audience so happy for those people but i'm not like looking for rpg heavy conference yeah and one well, this is what i'm kind of curious about is that they have specifically said like hey there's gonna be this premiere from idos montreal you're gonna see babylon's fall you're gonna say life is strange true colors you're gonna see marvel's avengers mm. and some more but they didn't talk about any of the playstation things that we've seen at playstation events which yeah. is the only thing which maybe we'll still see but maybe that does mean there is a PlayStation event in the not so near future or in the near future, excuse me, um, where those things might get talked about a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, after after that, the future game show uh, being hosted by Laura Bailey and Troy Baker. Uh, Josh, my thing with this, and then there's also, I'm just going to include this in there too. The PC gaming show is happening as well. Yeah. I, like between the PC gaming show, the future games show, the IGN stuff, yeah. the Gorilla Collective, like, I, I mean, how many shows can we have? focusing on smaller games and not that smaller games shouldn't be highlighted but at some point like there's like a certain saturation level that we just can't take it all in right yeah i agree i mean uh i will say pc gaming show is an exception for me because it's a platform i can actually game on now true and they definitely do show bigger games but yeah uh yeah i agree like the games radar stuff the ign stuff um it can get to be a bit much and yeah, and yes, a lot of times when I do invest time into them, it's recycled uh, content that we've already seen, maybe presented in a different way, right? Um, and a lot more like interviews with developers, which is great for the developers, just not what I'm trying to tune into. Yeah, and this is one of those again. Games Radar is the sponsor of it, and they tra they traditionally have had like fun, cool trailers at these. It's just that you know, of the however many games they show, it's how many of them are going to speak to you. So sometimes it is worthwhile then to let other people tease out for you, like, hey, here are some of the highlights. And again, it, it just gets to be so much. And like I said, the PC gaming show is going to be that night as well. The PC gaming show has traditionally been a bit different, where they go a little more in depth with developers, uh, have those longer form conversations. So we'll be interested to see that as well. And then the other thing that's kind of weird is also that night is that Warner Brothers is yeah. doing a presentation, <laughs> but it's really only about Back for Blood, right? Because they've said that like Suicide Squad, Gotham Knights, Hogwarts Legacy, none of that stuff is going to be there. It's really just about Back for Blood, right? I mean, I don't, I don't know. They for a studio whose company doesn't know what to do with it, 
it's just weird that they're having a thing where they're kind of already they're just in limbo as as a as studio <laughs> so yeah it's just weird so yeah that, that'll be an interesting one but like i said i, th- I think we're mostly going to see back for blood there uh and then on june 14th another couple kind of odd ones uh that we have capcom's doing something yeah and take two's doing something yeah i mean we get, we know we're getting take we know we're getting gta next gen updates so we'll probably see something Right. As to how they look, um, but it's not going to look any different than it looks on PC, so really they could mm-hmm. just use PC footage. <laughs> um, I think maybe Resident Evil teases a expansion to Resident Evil 8, like an add-on DLC type mm. of story. Um, but yeah, I don't really know what to expect from either of those two companies yeah, right now. for sure. Uh, and then obviously kind of the, the one to bring it all home, Nintendo... Uh, doing their direct on June 15th, and then they'll be doing some Treehouse stuff afterwards. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think everyone is is focused on Breath of the Wild 2 being there. Um, you know, those Nintendo Switch Pro rumors are hot and heavy as well. Uh, are you going to watch this? I, I know you obviously are uh, play a decent amount of Nintendo stuff. Is this something you're excited for? Yeah, I mean, I, I generally love the Nintendo Directs. I do. I yeah, think, I agree. Um, I love the games they show. I just... My love never, I don't know if my love and excitement ever meet with my want to have at that moment. Like, I think I actually am excited to get Mario Golf. I am excited for that. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know how I feel about it. Like buying the game. So I want to see what they're going to show us for the next, what, year or so. Nintendo's pretty good about at their E3 directs showing games that are coming out the same year that the directives mm-hmm. which is nice to actually see that at, a, at an e3 presentation like these are all games you can play this year to like that's nice and i respect right. that a lot <laughs> yeah no i hear you there uh one thing we missed too is that coke media is doing something but deep silver said they wouldn't be there so like oh yeah i saw that no, yeah. no saints row no dead island no metro no time splitter like none of that stuff will be there yeah so it's just very weird it's just really really weird about how all this stuff is happening uh but like i said if you if you're interested uh there's plenty of leaks and rumors that are out there that you can go check out if you want to um and then obviously a few weeks later or a week or so later we'll have ea play on july 22nd and like i said supposedly a playstation event on on july 22nd june oh it is july for ea it is july 22nd my goodness that's right big swing Uh, and a miss for them (laughs) yeah so so (laughs) ea is gonna be july 22nd and then supposedly like i said supposedly there's still a uh playstation event that's going to happen between between all that so we'll see but you know we were talking about how uh having no e3 last year was hard because we had all these things spread out over the summer and that was hard it was really really hard to like every week be like okay what's happening this week uh but now it's funny because we have a whole bunch of things condensed into like a week but we still don't know what a lot of them are and they're next week which yeah. is just weird. Like, like, what's this Coke Media thing going to be like? What's this? War- it's just weird. It's very odd. But anyway, uh, any other thoughts, Josh, about uh, E3 2021? No, I'm excited to see uh, what people have to show coming off a of COVID year. <laughs> I am excited to see that as well. Um, definitely looking forward to it. All right, Josh, with that, we're going to move on to our homework updates. Every two weeks, we give one another homework, uh, report back on how it has gone, and then we assign some new homework for two weeks from now. So, Josh, my assignment to you was that you had to come up with a general idea, a, a general pitch 
for Button Shy's 18-card challenge of a role-playing game in 18 cards. Uh, listener, if you're not familiar, Button, Button Shy is a company who uh, makes pocket or micro games, depending on how you want to look at it, um, that the games are typically only 18 cards. That is that is it. They come in a nice little pocket or a nice little wallet uh, that are easy to transport and carry around, but usually still pretty solid games. So, Josh, I, I was debating about whether you even attempted this or not. So, <laughs> tell me. Did, did you complete or attempt your homework? All right. Here come the excuses. You ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Let's, let, roll them out. All right. So with the exception of the only two hours I got to play Biomutant, I haven't played a single game or had any free time in the past two weeks. With the wow. exception of Saturday, family day. Um, mandatory overtime at work, two, three, four hours a day, every day. It's been very frustrating and stressful. And I was able to sneak out for a Pathfinder game night. Um, I fully intended on doing this homework. <laughs> I honestly did because I knew it would be a challenge. I even brought it up at Pathfinder night. Um, but I have just, I just have haven't gotten to it at at all. And um, I don't want to like I don't know. It bums me out. I really wanted to to give it a shot. Um, and I can't wait for school to be done. So I will have <laughs> nights in time free. But um, yeah, work has been real rough and I haven't had pretty much any time to myself. Um, we were talking before how you're talking about like you work and you play with your dog and then you go to bed. Like I work yeah. and I come home, I go to bed and then I get up and I work and I go home and I go to bed. <laughs> so it's been stressful. But uh, unfortunately, that is my excuse for not well doing my homework. Well, Josh, I will give you an incomplete then. And I'm not going to reassign it this week because I know that school is still in session. But maybe it will come back to you. Yeah, in, I would love to attempt it. Time. I would love to attempt so, it at some point. So we'll give you an incomplete. Um, my homework was I had to play Biomutant. Mm. You didn't tell me how much I had to play. You just said I had to play Biomutant. Uh, but I didn't want to give it the, the good old college try, as they say. I wanted to do, uh, you know, not just be like, oh, I played it for 20 minutes. So I, I did my homework. Uh, I played Biomutant for, I would guess, about seven hours. Wow um wow yeah and i'm trying to be reasonable with my thoughts on biomutant and also <laughs> just looking at the time of our podcast and how long we've been going I, yeah i also want to keep that in mind here's what i will say biomutant the fact that this game was made by 20 people is amazing hmm. and i'm glad that this game exists because it is a big swing with that being said you know how we've had these conversations and these conversations have happened in our Discord about sometimes less is more? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think no one ever said no to anyone when making this game. And that everything anyone mentioned about being a part of it yeah. was added, no matter how good or not good that was. And like I said, I, I, I want to be respectful of the fact that they this team has worked on this game for a very long time. And mm. I have no doubts that they they put everything they could into it to make it as good as they could. But, oh, goodness gracious, this really could have benefited from paring down a little bit. Um, It just, when I'm playing it, I almost never have any idea what's going on. <laughs> And every time I talk to someone or go up to a thing, I get a new side quest. Hmm. So I have 
all of these side quests that I don't know the purpose of them for because I, I, I read the text of what's happening and I don't understand. And uh, But like sometimes it's like, go get wood. Okay, that's fine. But I don't know why I'm going to get wood. <laughs> I mean, I guess these people just need this wood to fix this thing. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, So that's really a, a challenge. And like there's really no... I, and this is a me thing, so this isn't on the game, but I know other people love this. I really, really struggle with not having like a general golden path, like a general like here's where you need to go. Hmm. This game has like five of them. I have like five main stories, or, like or or main like paths that you have to do. Which order do I need to do them in? Like, am I going to be totally under leveled if I go do this one rather than this one? No idea. I have no clue. I don't know where to go or what to do or why to do it. Um, so yeah, it just there there are so many things that when I'm playing it that I'm like, oh, this is neat, or this is a cool concept, or this is a neat idea. But then there's so many that after that I'm like, why is this happening? Why do I have to do this? Why are they talking like that? Why like there's this weird me- mechanic or mechanism where like. You can ask people to try to get more information out of them to try to get secret locations revealed on your map. But if you don't successfully have the conversation, you can like lose a stat point or an ability. Like, but I don't know which one it is. Like, and I don't know like (laughs) if I fail like and I don't successfully do it, can I never find that place then? And like, I don't even necessarily know. Like, they're like, well, you need to convince people. I'm like. But, like, I get, like, three dialogue choices, and I'm like, I don't know, like, which ones the co- convince them to do the, the thing. And it ju- it's just so mm, – it, it really could have benefited from a little bit of, of cutting of things. And I think as a streamlined experience, I think this game would have been better served. Gotcha. With that being said – didn't stop playing it after like you know i didn't after four hours i still had all these complaints and here i am now at seven hours and i'm still playing the game (laughs) so i think that still says something you know like this is like a really solid 65 you know like it's like (laughs) and honestly like if i knew ratchet and clank wasn't coming this friday yeah i might not like if I, i might not be playing it like i have been thinking the whole time of like Man, the Assassin's Creed DLC is out and it's on sale right now. Yeah. And then like the big story, first big story pack is out and available. And I was like, gosh, that's going to take me longer than it would. Like, I'm not going to be able to finish that before Ratchet and Clay gets here, though. So maybe I'll just keep playing Biomutant. Right. Until Ratchet I got gotcha. you. So that that might be helping it. But that is what I did. So, yeah, I played some Biomutant. Good job. A yep. plus. Thanks. Thanks. All right, Josh. Uh, what is your assignment for me? Well, you can read it. <laughs> I'm stealing I'm stealing from you um but because I know you have a PC that can play games now and I know yeah. I don't think that you've been playing many games if any on your PC I want you to play a random game on Game Pass for PC. Okay, is it okay if I use a controller? Of course, I always use a controller on my PC. Okay, good. I was like, okay, I have to use keyboard mouse. <laughs> Like when you say random game, do I have to like click the little surprise me thing? Is that if, like what or Yeah, if surprise me is there, use that until you get a game okay. you haven't played before. And okay. if it's not there, then do a random number generator and, and then okay. it, play that number. Go to the full list. But yeah, no, it's totally the button's totally there. Nice. It is. I just looked. Okay. Random game pass PC game. Will do. All right, Josh. I always give you a choice. Yes. <clears throat> Board game or video game? 
Let's do video game. I think that I can probably with my day off um, and then next week with school being done middle of the week, I'll have some time. Okay. So I don't, I don't want to make this too challenging, but uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to make this as slam dunky as I can for okay. you because I really want to talk about this. So uh, you have to play Ratchet and Clank ripped apart. Okay. Ratchet, <laughs> so, play Ratchet and Clank ripped to fart. That. Yes. That's what you said, right? Fart. Yeah, that is what I said. Exactly. So that way we can talk about it because I know I'm going to be playing the heck out of that and I would love for us to be able to chat about it. So cool. that's what you need to do. And hopefully that is good homework. I hope so. You know how cool. much I love platformers. <laughs> well, action platformers. So here we go. All right, Josh. Let's, uh, let's move towards wrapping our show up. But obviously before we leave, we do want to give you one recommendation for living a well-rounded life. Obviously we're a gaming podcast, but we want to just give you something else we're currently into that's helping us live that balanced life. Josh, what is your recommendation this week? Okay, so there's a show that came out on Netflix. I knew it was coming. I just didn't realize it was coming so soon. Um, it is based and did I lose you or did you lose me? Okay. <laughs> so it's based off a DC comic We're property. Back. It's called Sweet Tooth. No, as I just go to point out, it's not based off of Twisted Metal. It is... About named after a child. I don't want to say too much because I don't. I genuinely think things, even in a general description of the show, will spoil fun moments of the show. Um, but it essentially uh, deals with a pandemic situation that may or may not be caused by or related to a odd event where newborn babies became these hybrid uh, hybrids with animals. I know it sounds weird, and this is a live-action show, not animated. Um, and Sweet Tooth has this affliction where he has part deer. Um, and that's, and I'll say that as much, um, what I'll say about the show is I am just in awe of the show. I think it tells a genuinely unique story in a, uh, unique way. I think that it is shot beautifully. I love that it's a series because they can tell so much more of the story and it has, it's just a very well-acted show, and it's full of so much heart, and there's also some action sometimes, not too much. Um, I would say prepare yourself, at least for what I've seen so far, for a lot of story and world-building. Um, but I'm really enjoying it a lot, a lot more than I expected to. So I would say check out Sweet Tooth on Netflix. Uh, and in case you are not, in case that all sounds kind of like, I don't know, wow. that seems a little weird. Wow. Uh, currently sitting at 97% great. on Rotten Tomatoes. So people dig in this week. I've heard really great things. Uh, I just got to finish the office first. <laughs> all right. Uh, my recommendation, Josh, maybe this is gonna be a little bit out of left field, but I think it's important that I was thinking about this today when I was trying to decide what I was going to recommend. <laughs> okay, dad. Uh, eat your vegetables, Josh. That is that is literally my recommendation. Uh, I am someone who didn't eat a ton of vegetables growing up. Uh, yeah. Salad was like pretty much the thing that my family ate when it came to quote unquote vegetables. 
But as I've gotten older and I've gotten more adventurous with food and cooking and all of that stuff, I have really began to embrace uh, the benefit and what vegetables can bring to a meal. So just get out of your comfort zone. Maybe try something new. Some of them you're not going to like, and that's okay. But at least give things a try. You will find out that there might be some things that you really enjoy. Um, you know, my in my house, I think we probably eat more peppers sure. in a week than I can possibly imagine I would have 15 years ago. Um, you know, especially red peppers. Like, my gosh, I eat those, like, in every meal and then, like, have them just sliced up raw, like, for snacks. Like, I eat them constantly. Uh, so just... You know, think about what, you know, when you're putting your meals together, think of ways to incorporate vegetables and try some new ones um, that maybe you wouldn't have tried. You know what? Maybe you'll like What it. a great idea. So that, Josh, Thanks for joining say? us, Why everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithvg at gmail.com. We tag all our stuff with hashtag boardwithvg, so please use that hashtag as well on all your social medias. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us that stellar rating that we speak of so fondly. That is, whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone Board with Video Games feet uh, when i can play you can find me at why so serious that's s-i-r-r-i-u-s on pretty much everything steam xbox playstation others kyle where can people find you so you can find me on all the usual places twitter instagram playstation network xbox live board game geek all at psychocross c-y-c-o-c-r-o-s-s as always if you have suggestions for future topics or guests be sure to reach out to us on social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about and remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.